What's up, players? Welcome to episode number 46 of Ready Press Play, your weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of video games. Every Friday on your favorite podcast service, we'll be discussing the top news of the week, notable releases on all platforms while we're playing, big topics of the industry, and the games we love. If you want to write anything to be read in the show, go to readyplaynetwork.com or hit us up on Twitter at Ready Press Play. No matter where you found us, please subscribe to the feed so you can get every new show directly to your device as soon as it posts, and if you like it, Please leave us a nice review. I'm your host, Daniel Lima, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Louis Menchaca. You know, Dan, I discovered allergy pills, and they were oh, wonders. Yes, they are great. Um, <laughs> I uh, I have them, too, but I have the problem of not remembering to take them or just <laughs> being lazy about taking them until I get really bad, and then I start taking them again, and then I feel much better, and then the moment I start feeling just a little bit better... I stopped taking them again because I'm just that kind of person. And I'm not recommending people to do that. It's bad, but yeah. that's what ends up happening with me. So during the Brothers uh, spoiler cast, which, you know, housekeeping, uh, we did the spoiler cast is already out. If, uh, but anyways, yeah, I was just saying that I was feeling a little bad. We, we started off saying, oh, I'm feeling like a little sick. Turns out just allergies. So, which is crazy because, uh, you know, it's November. It's not even allergy season right now, but I'm guessing now I have to take allergy pills like year round just to stop having symptoms and stuff so you know whatever well, well yeah we'll see i mean i mean it is i, I guess it is almost uh winter right like we're, we're getting there we're less than uh at this point we're less than a month away from uh, winter officially starting and i yeah. i always get confused with like tracking seasons by the way because i grew up in brazil I, I i lived there until i was 16 which was when i moved to the u.s for the first time and over there the seasons are opposite because it's in the southern hemisphere so I'm always like, wait, are we in, is it fall or spring or what? Like, I, I'm not the best at actually knowing what's going on, um, which is funny. Like, I feel like a lot of people that just grew up here, lived here their whole lives and never been outside of the northern hemisphere, or it, it would be the same for people that grew up on the other side. They don't even think about that. But so I, I love blowing people's minds by telling them that I used to have Christmas in the summer. <laughs> like Christmas used to be a summer holiday for me. It would happen like right in the middle of summer vacation. You're usually at the beach with your friends having a good time or whatever. And it's in that context that that Christmas happens <laughs> for, yeah, yeah. for me everything's, growing up. Everything's backwards. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Everything's different. So uh, anyway, you already hit the nail on the head there with the Brothers of T.O. 2 Sun spoiler cast. We finally did that after promising it for... I want to say Almost 11 months, <laughs> <laughs> the whole year. Yeah. Uh, it's finally out. We, uh, Louis and I got to sit down and talk about it for about 45 minutes, which is uh, pretty good. Right? About like a third of the length of the actual game there. And uh, and I hope you guys enjoy it. If you uh, please only listen to it, if you've actually uh, played the game, we do talk. We do go no spoilers for the first 10 to 15 minutes, but we eventually hit on the spoilers. And you really want to play that game before you you hear us talking about the, the spoilers of it. Or just uh, listen, uh, just listen to the first eight minutes or whatever before before we go into spoilers. That way you can give yes. us the, the play. Ha <laughs> Yes. Yes. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yes. And uh, on that, and, and another thing too is that the last regular episode that we uh, that we did, I uh, we read uh, this extra news story about there being a download queue bug that a lot of people were encountering on the PS5. And uh, right as we said that the the like I think on the day that we posted or like the day after the article got updated with uh, some more information from Sony. So I figured I'd read that on top of the show here for if anybody out there has a PS5 and they're you know if you're one of the ten people out there that have a PS5 that managed to get their hands on a PS5, uh, then these are the instructions from Sony. Uh, they have published steps to fix the widespread PS5 download queue bug without requiring a factory reset. On Twitter, the Ask PlayStation account explains that 
After downloading the latest system update, booting the console into safe mode and rebuilding the database can fix the problem. Booting into safe mode involves turning off the console completely and holding the power button for 7 seconds until you've heard two beeps. Check out the PS5 download queue bug guide for a complete rundown on how to do it. That is, of course, at IGN as written by Joe Scrabbles. So you guys might want to go look into that if you're encountering that bug. You do not necessarily have to factory reset your console. Yes, it just it just kind of seems to get to the part where you're gonna have to start like you know praying to whatever god you believe in, and then like wishing upon a star, and then yeah, yep, just this all like to make it all happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, it's it's normal that uh, during console launches that they, they're still figuring some stuff out. There's always some OS issues and etc. So uh, that was a very unfortunate one, but hopefully we got a fix for it now, so people can get that fixed. And uh, you know, before we move on, I just wanted to say that I uh, I did manage to uh, strike out again because. Uh, earlier today, the Walmart website had more uh, PlayStation 5s go up, but then... Oh, yes. But then, check this out. Okay, number one, I went to the dark side. Okay, I got myself a bot. Oh, and, really? And it still Are didn't work. Are you serious work. right now? It still didn't work. Oh, man. Uh, How did you the, even do that? Did you did you go into the you know the, the dark web for no, it? No, I, <laughs> I, just, I just hit a Google search, and then the first right. thing that came up, and then a YouTube video gave me a step-by-step instructions, and then I added a Google Chrome extension, and then there you go. Boom. Um... The the thing is the the bot couldn't add the, the the item to the cart when it tried and I'm like and literally by the way just as, as a separate side note uh, I've done I've hit almost every single like uh, like like launch of these PS5s on the Walmart website practically every single time and this is the fastest um, it's gotten to the part where it like straight up didn't like sold out like it sold out wow. this time like uh most times i was able to like make it the whole process last for like eight minutes nine minutes you know like mm-hmm. i would go to like 809 or whatever or 509 you know but no mm-hmm. i literally made it to i didn't even make it to like uh 801 like it was done like i was it was tapped out wow so that sucks man that that shows that really like these people are just buying these consoles on in mass to uh to sell them online and I, I don't know. I hope it backfires on them and that people are not actually buying it. But I know a lot of people are. So, um, but yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with that. But anyway, Lewis, talking about shopping, talking about buying stuff, we are about to hit Black Friday. And so we're going to bring in topic of the show right here. Go ahead and play the sound effect for us. It's time for our topic of the show. We decided to open the, sh- the the show with this today to make things a little bit different. So if you're listening to this uh, around the time that I posted it, it's probably either a little bit before Black Friday or it's Black Friday day itself. You're probably looking at a lot of deals out there and there's definitely a lot of better resources for you to see what deals are out there in a more life basis you know there's there's plenty of websites that are doing kind of life updates for black friday stuff but we figured it would be fun to uh have some conversation together lewis and i about maybe or previous black friday experiences current black friday experiences what we're looking at what are the deals that we're looking for there's a lot of places that had early black friday deals actually start um hitting like earlier today. during the week too like, and, and or today, today recording yes yeah. Um, I mean, I went to Best Buy on Monday and they already had basically a lot of their Black Friday like deals uh, up for games. Um, so it's things are trickling out throughout the week, but we're, we're going to try to go through some of the main things that we think you guys should uh, should look at and potentially be interested on. But Louis, why don't you start us off just talking about Black Friday and what, what it means to you? So for me, Black Friday is all about like waking up at like, you know, four, four in the morning to be like. Uh, lighting up and outside a store in a very cold mm-hmm. uh, November day, and and then just sort of like playing the Hunger Games and just trying to like you know kill each <laughs> other for for like very mediocre savings. Do you uh, think that's actually going to be happening this year? By the way, 
Well, one thing I do know for sure is that Black Friday has had this power creep thing going on where they were opening on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, but because of the Rona, yes. uh, all the stores are actually going to be closed on Thanksgiving Day. So mm-hmm. that's a win, I guess, in my opinion, because I, I kind of I, I, I sympathize for, you know, the retail workers that had to work on Thanksgiving. I used to work at a movie theater and the movie theaters doesn't close on any days. It's, it's open every day of the year. Minus the Rona. Uh, but I used to have to work on actual Thanksgiving Day, and it sucked ass. Christmas Day was the worst day ever. And, mm-hmm. you know, so, uh, but just in general, like, um, I've had, like, my very first Black Friday was in, like, 2008 or 2007, I want to say. Like, it was, like, right after I graduated high school. I never did a Black Friday before. And so, like, I was completely unprepared. I didn't want, I didn't look at any ads or any deals or whatever. And I just was, like, a, one of those worst shoppers possible. Because I had no game plan, I lined up out outside of the store with my friends. We were like, because my friends were like, "Hey, let's make it. Let's make a thing out of it. Let's go 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 out together." So we went out as a right. group, and we were just sort of like being like mall rats inside like a mm-hmm. Best Buy or in a, in a mall, and just kind of I was kind of just sort of browsing and like perusing around the aisles, looking at looking at stuff, not really knowing what I wanted to buy or if I even wanted to buy anything. So it was a total waste for me, and because I, I had so little sleep, ended up ruining my day for, for the rest of my day. I was off on Black Friday or something like that, but. I was at the point where, like, I had to, like, sleep at, like, 10 a.m. and, you know, mess Damn. up my whole sleep cycle and my my my, uh, my schedule for the day, you know, so. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think I ended up buying, like, one small, like, little radio adapter or something like that. And then uh, my friend, he he actually game planned and he bought a printer. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't have a lot of experience with Black Friday, really. Like, it wasn't something that we had in Brazil historically. It is a thing now because yeah, everything that's popular enough in the u.s it starts eventually getting copied by by other countries pretty pretty often uh so they they do do it now which is weird because we do not have thanksgiving there <laughs> like so we have black friday without having thanksgiving it's just this random friday for some reason there's deals <laughs> which is just they're just basing it off of the the american date but yeah i never really did black friday even when i first moved here i don't think i was even that aware of what it was or how it worked i, I just kind of pretended like i didn't know about it or like i kind of acted as if i didn't know about it and it wasn't until i want to say it was just like uh, before i moved to la uh which was 2018 so maybe like 2017 was probably the first black friday that i participated on and kind of similar to you i didn't really have a plan and it's because i wasn't doing it for the deals or for what i wanted to buy i was just doing it for the experience i was just like okay let me see what this is like so but then the problem is that you were just talking about how black friday has been extending and creeping into the thursday and in 2017 that was already the case so what actually happened is that i spent um we did like an early thanksgiving dinner with my uh with my wife's family and then after that we ended up just like going out on like thursday afternoon uh line up outside a store so that we could go and and buy stuff for black friday i don't even remember what store it was i think it was like maybe like a target and i remember that we went in and that um my mother-in-law really wanted this comforter so i was just kind of i was just i was the helper right i was i was there to uh to just kind of experience what it was like and uh and to be the helping hands to the other people that were actually that actually had a plan and were looking for things and I I don't I might have I must have grabbed like a few games or something if I saw them on sale and and I and I was interested in them but yeah I don't have very strong memories about it other than just there was this um they had almost like this uh this plastic protection around all these comforters because um they they let people into the store be- before it was actually time for them to 
I don't know, like release the deal. <laughs> uh, it was almost like, and and so people could get in position, like kind of get their hands ready and their arms and like kind of get into their fighting poses, like ready to snatch everything. And then they basically <laughs> like, when it was like a certain hour, they were like, go, like now is the time. So like they had employees everywhere. The employees just pulled the protection out and then everybody went for it. And it was kind of this very, it really looked like a movie scene, honestly. So everybody tried to go for these comforters. I have long arms and I'm a tall person. So I was able to grab one and then I just held it above my head. And I was just kind of walking around the store, like like holding this comforter up high as if it was some kind of like trophy or like this prized possession. Um, but it really was just, you're like, having yourself a real captain toad treasure tracker moment. There. Yes, yes, exactly. But it was really just like a comforter set that would normally go for a hundred dollars. And it was like $40 that day or something. Damn. It was a good deal, but like, it was, it was just a comforter set. Yeah. Right. So my mother, uh, my mother funny. would do a uh, black Friday shopping, but she would go to the outlets and buy clothes or stuff. I'm like, yeah. mm -hmm. one time she like did it overnight and it was like, you know, like, when did you sleep? You know, that kind of stuff. It was like, it was like really weird. But um, I've only had like two Black Fridays where I specifically like did. And they were kind of a sort of uneventful for me where like on 2014, I think it might have been Thanksgiving Day. Um, I don't remember but, or if it was Black Friday, but I ended up buying uh, it was it was specifically one year after the launch of the Xbox One because I bought me an Xbox One for three hundred and fifty dollars. Oh, I see. Uh, so nice. like it was, uh, you know, it, it launched at five hundred. And then, and then about a couple months into it, they they debundled the 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 connect. That's what I was going to ask whether and it was then, the addition with the connect or not. Yeah, they debundled the connect to get it down to four hundred dollars, and then mm -hmm. and then they did this thing where uh, for the Black Friday they they uh, bundled did two digital copies of Assassin's Creed games. Uh, mm -hmm. It was uh, Unity and and Black Flag, and um, so you came with the Xbox One. And so for 350 bucks, basically $50 off like MSRP and two games. I mean, that was a pretty good deal. So that's yeah. how I got my uh, VCR model of the Xbox One. Nice. And then, uh, <laughs> and then like two years later, and like, I want to say like, I want to say it was Doom, Doom 2016 had, had, you know, dropped and uh, I got Doom uh, for like 20 bucks and a couple other games for 20 bucks. And then I was mad because I couldn't use my, uh, my Best Buy rewards. Um, what's it called? The, the gamer, uh, Gamers Club Unlocked. Where I couldn't, mm. I couldn't stack the sa the savings on onto it. So, mm. uh, but beyond that, uh, there was that, and then this was this this was that same year where I saw the the, the new Nintendo uh, 3DS for a hundred dollars. That I saw a whole bunch of them, like a whole stack of them, and I could have grabbed me one, but I was like a hundred dollars. That's a lot. I just I don't, I don't have that kind of money right now, and mm. I regret it. I I so regret it because I would have had every 3DS had I got that one. But uh, now mm. now they're like going for like two hundred dollars. Uh, those specific new 3ds's models, uh, models mm -hmm. yeah uh for like on ebay for about 200 bucks so uh, if i'm gonna if i'm gonna find one i want to find it around like 125 130 at most so mm -hmm. yeah yeah after that one experience basically all i've done over the last few years is so i'll look at the gaming deals and i'll, I'll see the things that i'm looking for um not, not usually consoles or accessories but more just games and then i'll i'll make a little list and maybe i'll but i I don't stress over it. I'll I'll buy it online, or if I don't buy it online, I'll just stop by the play by a store like early morning Friday, or or even like around noon or something, and just see what they have left, and just <laughs> grab grab whatever I need. Oh man, last year pissed me off. By the way, uh, I remember specifically last year because I worked on Black Friday, mm -hmm. and I went to Walmart on Black Friday, like around like nine p.m. And I was looking for one of those gaming deals, like some, you know how like games are like marked down like thirty dollars or whatever. Yeah. 
And there, I went to go like, hey, I want, I want, I want that game at the, the Walmart checkout, or whatever. And then they were trying to tra- charge me full price, and I'm like, no, it's Black Friday. He's like, no, that's this morning only. I'm like, doorbusters. Oh my, what the fuck? Like, I was so pissed. <laughs> I was like, God damn it. Yeah. So, but yeah. All right. So, do you want to go through? Do you want to go through some of the deals for uh for this particular Black Friday? Um, anything, anything that you got uh today so far, or or no? No, or, I no. Mean, like, I not today, but like this week. Yeah. Uh, no, I have nothing uh, planned. Like I don't. I was just trying to get just the PlayStation Five, and then maybe a Series S for for my nephew. But as far as like um, what's like got, got my attention, I will say I am thinking about buying uh, the Xbox uh, wireless controllers because you know I mm-hmm. like the Series X controller, but having a sexy white controller and a sexy blue controller, you know, is pretty. Ni- it's pretty nice. So. Yeah, I got I uh, I already got the blue controller. By the way, um, I got that right as I got the Series X because I I wanted to play something with uh with, well we had a, it was around the time of the wedding still so we had a lot of people over and I didn't want to just be you know playing games by myself giving nobody the opportunity to jump in especially when there's actually a decent amount of uh like couch co-op or multiplayer games on the on Xbox Game Pass so right away right after we uh we got the Series X action went out and we got the the blue controller as well but you paid full price for it <laughs> i did but it's i mean I, I i assume they're like i don't even know what kind of deal we have on the controller yet oh, since it just came they're out they're 20 dollars off really yeah the 40 series bucks. x controller? the series the series x controller are 40 dollars. Okay, maybe i'll get another one then <laughs> <laughs> you can get the white one yeah yeah um all right so let's take a look here uh so I have I brought in there's this one there I, I had four different articles from IGN that are separated by like console basically mm-hmm. but then they also made this one big article that just brings everything together uh it's called Best Black Friday video game deals PS5 and Xbox Series X available tonight at Walmart game deals live that we were just which we just read is probably out of date when once you uh you're listening to this but nonetheless uh here's what IGN thinks are the top picks for the Best Black Friday video game deals right now. We got a PS Plus 12 month mem- membership for forty four ninety nine. Uh, I've got one of those actually not too long ago, so I'm good on PS Plus for a while. I'm probably not gonna. I know you can stack them and etc. So yes, that's actually a good a good reminder. If you have a PS Plus subscription already, if it's gonna expire anytime soon, you can buy this and then just kind of add it to your to your list, so you don't have to worry about it when it actually would. Um, you know, expire. But they also these deals are pretty come come by pretty often. So if you don't want to do it right now, I guarantee you you're gonna see this again in a few months. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima is forty bucks. I actually just grabbed this at Best Buy two days ago, so you can find and 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 I I don't necessarily need to we don't necessarily need to go through the retailers for this. I think uh, depending on the deals because a lot of them will price match each other. Um, so Ghost of Tsushima is forty bucks at Best Buy. Apparently, it's also the case on Amazon and GameStop. Last of Us Part Two is thirty dollars, which was the same price for um, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Star Wars Squadron uh, is $19.99 at Amazon and Best Buy, and Red Dead Redemption 2 for PS4 is $19.99 as well. Um, now let's go through here by uh, by platform now. So on uh, Nintendo Switch, we got a bunch of uh, micro SD cards that are on sale at Amazon. I actually, Louis, I bought uh, an SD card for my Switch for the first time. I didn't oh have God. one before. And I actually, yeah, because I... Uh, I'm not really buying a lot of digital games on the Switch, uh, and the digital games I buy are usually indies that are like, you know, just a few gigs, if not less, um, so I haven't really needed it, actually, but I figured, you know, I'm going to continue to download, buy and download games on the Switch, uh, might as well get something, but I actually got the cheapest one, I got the 20 bucks, 128 gig. Not too bad, um, that's what I got when I, first, yeah. uh, when I first bought my Switch on day one, I got the 128 gig, um, I, I went balls out and like spent... 
for like the high speed, like high read and write speed version. Turns out the Nintendo Switch doesn't have the hardware capable of matching the, the SD card speed. So I would have been uh, better off just buying a regular basic 128 gig. That would have been cheaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, but whatever. But anyways, yeah. uh, I just want to say as a separate side note on this article, the, there's like Nintendo branded uh, Nintendo Switch uh, SD cards uh, made by SanDisk. And I just want to give a, like a nice little nod to the fact that the 512 gigabyte one is Animal Crossing themed, which is uh, like a little like a like a backdoor like nod to the GameCube because uh, back in the day when you bought Animal Crossing on the GameCube, it came with the uh, with the memory card inside of it, and it was a big uh, memory card because it had to be have a lot of blocks to uh, to handle all that space, that storage or whatever. So <laughs> it's really nice. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so we got a lot of different variations of the SD cards. If you're looking for an SD card for your Switch, you can take a look at that. Uh, then we got a variety of different games that are on sale at GameStop, Walmart, and Amazon, as well as uh, there's a digital sale on the Nintendo Store as well. Um, so how do you want to do oh, this, yeah. Lewis? We can start going through it and then uh, shouting out, uh, the I guess, the, the ones that we want to give shoutouts to. There's too many shoutouts, but I will say, as a separate side note, the, the Nintendo Switch eShop deals are live right now. And they're live until Tuesday. So awesome! Yeah. So let's. Uh, I'm gonna start giving a shout out to uh, Breath of the Wild for forty five dollars. Uh, Link's Awakening forty dollars. That's that's uh, got a special place in my heart. Luigi's Mansion three just forty bucks. We just did a spoiler cast for that. Really good game. All right, Fire Emblem Three Houses forty bucks. I'm just gonna rattle them off because these are all great deals. So Splatoon two thirty eight ninety nine. Mario Maker two forty bucks. Um, New Super Mario Brothers two deluxe. Uh, $38.99. They wrote it as New Super Mario Brothers 2, but I think it's it's um that's not what it's called. It's New Super Mario Brothers U. Uh Animal Crossing is $50. So Switch games, like first party Switch games, don't really get any cheaper than this. So if you're looking to buy any first party Switch games, now is the time to do it. Uh you can save up to 30% in some of these games that don't get sales very often. Uh Super Mario Party is $40. Um, let's see what else. I see Sips. Catherine, full body, 20 bucks. Nice. Civ 6 is just $10. And I, I don't know how that plays on the Switch, but I might actually consider that. For $10, why not? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yes. So yeah, really good uh, really good deals on a variety of different Switch games. Now let's take a look here. What do we have next? We have PlayStation deals. All right. So for PlayStation, like we said, you can get 12 months of PS Plus for $44.99. You can also get a 12-month subscription of PlayStation Now for $44.99. Um, obviously the PS5 is out, but good luck trying to get that. Yeah, you know what's been the worst part is, is like I was actually planning on waking up at five in the morning or being at a store at five in the morning. And then I just found out when I looked at all the Black Friday deal- deals, not a single PlayStation 5 and Xbox will be in stock in stores. They're on, they're online only, those bastards. Mm-hmm. We're going to be covering a story about that later, but it seems like Sony is actually struggling to keep up with the, um, with the sell through for the consoles. Um, let's see what else. Uh, PS4 Black Friday game deals. We got Cyberpunk 2077 for 50 bucks, Spider Man for 20, Ghost of Tsushima for 40, Last of Us Part 2 for 30, God of War for $10, Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition for $10, The Last of Us Remaster for $10, Days Gone for $20, Iron Man VR for 20 bucks, Grand Turismo Sport for $10. Lots of uh, first party PS4 games for uh, $20 says, or less. Yeah. It says here Marvel's Avengers for 30 bucks, but I just found it at Best Buy for 25 so yeah. Yes. Yeah, so Marvel, some of the interesting ones uh, that I've seen is like Marvel's Avengers and Watch Dogs are really cheap. Watch Dogs is up for $30 in a few places, and that's crazy because that game came out literally a month ago. Um, so, yikes. <laughs> <I think laughs> is that, that a good I, thing or a bad thing? I mean, just, I, I, I mean, 
it's 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 good for uh people that are looking to buy the game it's bad for me that spent full price on it <laughs> <laughs> i thought and, you got uh, it on amazon uh, pre-order discount or whatever i did i got a ten dollar discount which is why i pre-ordered it to begin with but yeah star i could have saved even more money <laughs> star wars squadrons twenty dollars mm, yes nice. yeah that's pretty recent too and avengers is is less than a half um half off which we also know some of the reasons for you should definitely pick up avengers lewis so that we can play it together absolutely i mean it i mean it you can do you can afford you're a baller you can afford uh 20 25 dollars for avengers <laughs> yes i can let's see here red dead 2 is 25 dollars at walmart that's uh that's probably that's pretty good um all right so that's let's see persona 5 i'm kind of persona 5 is 15 and persona, persona 5 royal is 20 nice oh i want that is that still available because i i wanted to have gotten that at best buy but i didn't find it in the store when i was there earlier this week persona 5 it's... royal is on best buy for 20 bucks is what it has here okay I'm, i already pulled that up on another tab because i definitely want to get that um yeah so lots of good stuff there if you're if you're looking for a game you'll probably find it available somewhere we know uh, for a pretty if, good deal what if we actually make uh, persona 5 one of our like games of the month and we both each review each version like independently since i have persona 5 like the regular edition and you get royal and let's just like uh, review it but we come to the review uh, to the discussion having played could, two different versions of the game that could be interesting we could definitely do that but i guarantee you that we cannot beat that game within a month Oh, yeah, that is true. That is true. That is one of those 100-hour-long RPGs. So we would have so. to, like, maybe, like, pre- uh, pre-announce it two months in advance or whatever and be like, okay, yes. it's January now. Uh, it's going to be our March game of the month, so, you know, tackle it as at our, at our own leisure kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're going to have to. But then knowing work. me, I'm going to procrastinate anyways. Yes. <laughs> but that's the kind of game where, like, if you procrastinated, you couldn't pull it off in a weekend. <laughs> you know? I, don't, I don't think it's, like, even physically possible. Uh, I, pulled um, off, I pulled off The Last of Us uh, 40 hours in a week, so... We'll see. We'll, well, we'll, see, we'll, see. we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, all right. So for uh, when it comes to Xbox, obviously, we got the Series X and the Series S available in some places if you can find them. Uh, three month Xbox Game Pass subscription for 20 bucks. That's uh, pretty good. Death and Stranding then, $20. Oh, snaps. Nice. Um, oh, yeah. That's a good one. Death Stranding is very good. People people have slept on that game, in my opinion. All right. Xbox Black Friday game deals on Amazon. We got Cyberpunk 2077 for 50 bucks. Yakuza Like a Dragon, which is a new game, just came out. 50 bucks. Watch Logs Legion. $30, also very new. Halo Master Chief Collection, $30. Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath Collection, $30. Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, $50. Star Wars Squadrons is under $20, $17. Titanfall 2 Ultimate Edition, $5. Uh, Borderlands 3 uh, Super Deluxe Edition is $30. So lots of good stuff there. Marvel's Avengers, uh, it says they're $30, but like Louis said, you might be able to find it cheaper in some other places. Gears 5, $10. Battlefront 2, 10 bucks. Gear Statics, Tactics, $30. That's, uh, I believe this game came out this year. Uh, a Way Out, $7.49. Um, I'm actually debating on getting Crash 4 for the Xbox, which is like a weird, like That's, a weird thing to do. Because it's a PlayStation-ass game. <laughs> yeah, I know, because I associate it with PlayStation in my head. But since I have the Series X, it kind of, I think it would be cool to play it on the Series X. By the way, we, we I think you overlooked Ori and the Will of the Wisp for fifteen. So oh yeah, definitely a really good, good deal. Feel free to shout out, interrupt me, shout out whatever you want to shout out as I'm going through it. Uh, Doom Eternal is also uh, has really good deals in a lot of different places. So it's twenty bucks on Walmart, but I believe I saw it even under that somewhere else. So you might want to look for Doom Eternal deals as well. I see Mar- I see Mafia Trilogy for forty five dollars. I wonder does is it confirmed that Mafia Definitive Edition is inside of Mafia Trilogy or no? I don't know about that. If you want to look that up, I will keep reading. But uh, I also the... I also see Ori and the Blind Forest for five dollars. 
Nice. Nice. Yeah. Ori and the Will of the Wisps Collector's Edition seems to be 30 bucks at Best Buy. I wonder what the Collector Edition includes. So, oh. And to all our I avid actually listeners, might get that. To all our avid listeners uh, Ori and the Blind Forest is the December game of the month for our spoiler cast. So oh, yeah, that's true. You guys We're can totally uh, play along with us. And for five bucks, that's not a, not a bad thing. Uh, it says here it's, on, it's directly through Microsoft. So either it's going to be on the Xbox, uh, Xbox Store or just Microsoft's website. So yeah okay so yeah that's that's kind of it for when it comes to uh, video game consoles lewis um i'm gonna go through a few other things from these other articles that i have up so the xbox wireless controller seems to be going for 40 bucks like you uh you shouted out earlier on the microsoft store and potentially in a few other places i um, see it on uh, best buy as well by the way best buy has it discounted too nice which, by the way, uh, the black and the white ones go for forty bucks, but the blue one, the one that you have, goes for forty-five for some reason. So mm, maybe you might not just get it through Microsoft because it looks like on a Microsoft directly, it's all three or forty. So there's obviously lots of TV deals going uh, going around too. So this is the one that I I wanted to get, Louis. So the the LG C10 65 inch 4K OLED. Um, it's a $2,500 TV and it's right now, uh, 1800, yeah, 1850, but this has been, I, every time I'm, I've been looking at this and it seems to just be gone, uh, from most places, like even on Amazon, which it says here in the stock on December 28th, I might just, I might just get it anyway, but I, I wanted to just kind of buy it and bring it home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also wasn't, I, it's, it's a big, it's a big, uh, money commitment. So there's also part of me that's like, no, you're not, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> the 1851, uh, um, seems to be more in stock in the, uh, the Best Buy. So it looks like when I went to Best Buy, it looks like it can be delivered. So. I tried that and then I put in my zip code and then it said that there's none. Oh, within those, a, yeah. Those bastards. There was none within a 200 mile radius of me. Um, but you know, a really good deal that uh, Best Buy has, actually, is that they have a Vizio OLED TV. And and that's actually, I saw this in-store when I was there. Um, and this is also on this IGN article. The 65-inch Vizio OLED, which is kind of, it's supposed to be kind of like a direct competitor to the LG CX. It's 1500 right now. And if you get the 55-inch, it's 900 And that TV also has HDMI 2.1. So it's supposed to support everything that the LG um oled supports i watched a youtube video where they went into detail comparing the two and it seems like it has some issues it's not as good um but it is a cheaper option out there if you want to get that 4k with the 120 hertz and uh, hdmi 2.1 support and all that stuff like that tv theoretically covers everything it it may have some other you know you guys can look into it i don't want to get too uh too nerdy about it but especially because it's outside of my wheelhouse but there's a few differences there's a few things that the cx still does better it comes across like the lg cx by the way i was doing some research on this is right now the best dv to get for next gen gaming hmm. um the the only thing is that you got to drop you got to drop almost two grand on it on sale right so yeah which is that. crazy that's uh, that's that's the, the like, almost two grand and then that's the that's the bargain right there. I almost, I want to, the worst part is, is I, I, my eyes are, is on the $3,500 one, the 77 inch one. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> so I have to have something along those lines. Cause I already have an 80 inch TV in my living room. And so oh, wow. I'll be, I'll be losing three inches if, uh, uh, if I, uh, I down, I downgrade <laughs> to this, uh, to this TV, which is, uh, 
I I kind of wanted to go like 82 inches, you know, but you know, I, you know, at this point, anything that's compatible, which is uh, mm. you know, it's crazy. It's crazy. I'm looking at this uh, next to the, these uh, these two grand and three grand TVs. There's the Sony 75 inch uh, uh, Android TV for nine hundred dollars, and I'm like, what's wrong with that? Like, I want to know what's the the, what's the, the Sony TVs. The Sony TVs don't have uh, HDMI 2.1. I believe that is the case. Oh, those bastards. Uh, yes, so you can't do 4K 120 on the Sony TVs yet, hmm. um, that which is why they're a little bit cheaper. There's probably other reasons too, but I believe that's the, the main that's one. the difference there. Yeah, um, cool. All right, so I wanted to cover some PC deals as well, but I don't think I remembered to add that on uh, on the doc. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I don't, was there anything not to put you on the spot, but was there anything that you happened to see on that realm? Uh, nothing that I see. I don't, I didn't pay attention to the, anything PC related, but I just know that for just as a general thing, the PC gaming world is also having a problem with, uh, with stock issues. Uh, because mm-hmm. we talked about on this, on this podcast, how, uh, new GPUs uh, or new uh, graphics cards, um, you know, launched and stuff, but now they can't be in, they can't stay in stock. So, um, yeah, there's, uh, there's been more launches that we didn't cover, uh, uh specifically from AMD and, uh, yeah, th- those are also um, having trouble uh, staying in stock as well. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure if there's going to be a deal out there if, if you can't even, you know, buy things even at, at MSRP. I just found us a link and I threw it in the doc list. So if you want to pull it up too, but let's see what we got here. There's a there's a $2,000 um, gaming PC on uh, Amazon that normally retails for 2800 This is a Skytech RTX 2080 Ti Omega gaming Damn. PC. Um, this has an I- Intel i7-97 or 9700K 3.6 gigahertz RTX 2080 Ti 11 gigabytes liquid cooled 16 gigabytes of DDR4 RAM and 500 gigabytes SSD eh, okay. um, and then on the on the cheaper side there's a $650 SkyTech Blaze 2 gaming with a Ryzen 5 2600 6 core 3.5 gigahertz Nvidia GeForce GTX 1666G so that's it's a lower end uh PC there i i know that as a, as a, as i read the 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 summary of the specs you uh yeah i was like you kind of went soft there yeah yeah i just kind of like you know had i just threw up in my mouth a little bit and just spit it out (laughs) (laughs) not not as good as uh not not good enough for you yeah well also the 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 first one the skytech all right like had me but then there were a couple of things that like kind of sort of were like ooh, that's not that's not too good that's not too good like uh, pretty small uh ssd for for, uh, 2020 yeah exactly 500 gigabytes ssd that's that's too that's too small uh for two thousand dollars Two Call of Duties in there. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's that's about it. Uh, also, the, the I would have preferred an i nine instead of an i seven, and also uh, sixteen gigabytes of RAM. It could be a bottleneck for the future. Uh, Thirty two gigs would probably be the better way to go for future proofing. Uh, yeah. But it's it's good now. I'll say that. So well, there's some uh, there's some laptop deals and a few other things. Um, I'm actually kind of looking at that. They have some deals in uh, desks as well. And I'm actually, I was planning on buying a few. Uh, I need I need to buy two new desks for that I was planning on doing next year. But I, I might as well do it now um, if if the those deals are, are good enough. But I got to look a little bit further into them. Uh, and then also some, uh, some cool deals on monitors as well. So let's take a look at that. So Samsung monitors are uh, 30% off on Amazon. If you're looking for a monitor, you might want to look at that. They actually... I saw a deal for the, I know that some of those really long, I don't know what they're called, but like the really long gaming monitors where they're carved. Yeah. Um, some of them are like 25, 30% off and, and those monitors are usually really expensive. So they're still expensive, but if you're looking to get one of those, now might be the time to do it. 
there's only um one last thing I'll just throw I'll just throw out there, and this is not part of any doc. This is just something like I'm sort of like winging it, winging it from my head. Um, for for people who like to travel or like or like you know that used to travel, um, I will say there is. Uh, I bought a monitor earlier this year. It's uh it's a portable monitor, and uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the company that made it here. Um, but basically it's it's for 200 bucks, and it basically looks like a laptop, and mm-hmm. it has like a little folding, like a little folio case, like a smart case. Uh, like kind of like the iPads do. And basically it is just a little, uh, it's just a monitor that you just kind of prop up on anything. And I, I like to use it for like my Nintendo Switch. Um, when I went to Florida, I brought my, my Switch with me and I brought that monitor and I was able to like have a good, nice little, uh, it was a 15.6 inch screen. So it's kind of like a good sized uh, monitor. So it's a nice little, it's basically like a good TV that you can fit in your backpack. Just like nice next, like next to a, a laptop. So that's pretty nice. Yeah. I might actually, I might actually look into that too. Yeah, so uh, let me. Uh, I'll. Uh, we'll go ahead and move on, and I'll just go ahead and shout it out whenever we get to it. But I guess right. it's my turn. I guess to do uh, broke gamer yeah. side. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna go straight from here since we're on the deals mood anyway to do our typical broke gamers guide. Right. Got a selection of good things on sale, straight. So broke gamers guide is gonna be pretty quick here because we only got three things to talk about. We got Epic Games. And uh, the Epic Games uh, store has uh, looks like at the time because we're recording early. Um, we don't. We're not gonna talk about this week's games, but uh, next week we got Mud Runner, which is uh, gonna be available from the 26th through December 3rd. And I'm gonna read the blurb on this one. So Mud Runner is the ultimate off-road experience, putting the players in the driver's seat and, dr- and dares them to take charge of incredible all-terrain vehicles venturing across extreme Siberian land- landscapes with only a map and a compass as guides. So, not sure how I feel about this one. The the art does not really sell me on it. It looks almost like a train, but it's actually a truck. So, yeah, whatever. Um, all right, next up, we got the PS Plus games for December were announced. So here, here's a good one right here. Uh, this is basically sort of like just slapping Xbox right now because uh, Worms Rumble is the PlayStation 5 game of the month. And uh, Worms Rumble is a new game that's just launching. So it's launching. It's kind of pulling off the uh, the Fall Guys um, and Ro- uh, Rocket League um, uh, launch launch model so to speak but on uh but as well as that as that game we got just cause 4 and rocket arena on ps4 and i think just cause 4 was uh was a semi big game back in the day so i know it got a big marketing push when it first launched well to be fair they're gonna keep giving away new games on ps plus for ps5 because all games on ps5 are new games that is true you're right Uh, yeah 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 because like they can't they can't be like oh like here's a ps4 game is the ps5 game of the month the people are like what well it could be like a remastered type of situation like optimized for ps5 or something like that that's Um, true there are like different like like with marvel spider-man there's like a ps4 version of the game and a ps5 version of the game which people people keep accidentally downloading the ps4 version of the game on the ps5 i don't know if you've seen those stories i have i have i think that's pretty hilarious okay and then finally we got xbox uh so there's only one game that i actually know because i actually own the game uh but we have uh the raven which is uh the xbox game from december 1st to december 31st and there's also going to be Bleed 2 from December 16th or January 15th. And then the two Xbox 360 games, first half of December, Saints Row 4, Got Out of, Got Out of Hell. I actually own that game on Xbox One or, or PS4. I don't know, which something like that. It was one of those. <laughs> I, I don't know where I have it, but I know I have it. Uh, and then also for the second half of December, it's called the stack or Stacking. So don't know what that is, but it looks generic as hell. <laughs> not, not, a, not a good month either, but at least Got Out of Hell is a semi- uh, game of not- notoriety. 
All right. So that's the uh, that's the Broke Gamers Guide. On that note, obviously the the Black Friday deals are the true Broke Gamers Guide this week. But on that note, let's talk about what we're playing and go through the the typical the typical show list. All right. All right. So I decided to uh, go ahead and get that game Hades. Um, the it's an indie game from Supergiant. Um, actually, I don't know, like. Uh, the definition of indie game has gotten a little bit uh, loose these days. I'm pretty sure this is an independent game, but Supergiant is established a uh, studio at this point. They've put out many other games like Bastion and Transistor and uh, Pyre more recently. That doesn't make them not indie, but I almost don't think of it as an indie game because I, I know them as a developer, as like established developer. But nonetheless, I, I wanted to check it out, especially because it got a Game of the Year nomination at the Game Awards. Um... And I actually want to try Lois in between now and like maybe like January next year. I want to try to see if I can play all the um, Game of the Year nominees for the Game Awards, at least a little bit. Maybe not necessarily finish them. I don't think I will finish things like uh, um, like Final Fantasy VII Remake, for instance, which is a, a longer game. But I at least want to check them out so that I can have some opinion on them early next year. And that way you um, can have a valid opinion on the <laughs> versus mine. I was just more like me sort of bullshitting on the sidelines. <laughs> yeah. So I figured, you know, I'm I'm going to I I wanted to play something on my Switch. I haven't really been playing my Switch much this pretty much all this year actually. And I figured out I would check out Hades. It's available on PC and Switch. So I bought it, downloaded it, and started playing it. And Hades is that same it has that same type of art style that you know from uh, Super Giant. Um kind of like a it, it's very stylized. It has that isometric view and and the game is is fairly straightforward it's it's a roguelike hack and slash basically while you're going through this uh, randomly generated dungeon trying to escape hell and what i mean by that is you play as the son of hades i can't remember his name right now um and the son of hades is basically like yo dad i don't really want to be here in hell with you i think you're kind of lame i want to i want to get out and go hang out like in the real world with the other gods of olympus and everything so hades is basically like all right good luck i mean if you can get out of here then then i don't care so you, as the son of Hades, just keep trying and trying to get out of this procedurally generated dungeon, basically. And in similar roguelike f- fashion, the way the game works is that you you play to get as far as you can, and then it, eventually you inevitably die and then get sent back to the beginning. And then you got to try again with a new, like, you know, the rooms get rearranged and everything with a, with a different configuration of the world. Um, and the progression in the game is given through... You know, you as you as you progress through the dungeon, the other gods of Olympus will send you messages with powers. So maybe Zeus will be like, hey, nephew, I'm glad that you're trying to leave hell and come hang out with us. So here's a power like you can now use thunder or whatever. Um, And some of these powers get lost when you reset to the beginning. But some of the things that you get can be used to buy more like permanent abilities that will make you actually get better and go uh, farther away every time. So the idea is you you basically probably just play the game. Until at one point you actually manage to play through it all and get to the end, which is how roguelikes work. I'm not typically into roguelikes. I don't know if you are, Louis, or if you ever even played them. I have. I had to review it for the website, uh, some a, a roguelike, and uh, yeah, they're they're a bit of a pain in the ass. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, they're not really typically my type of game, but I will say that I, I play this game for you know maybe like an hour or two, and I already kind of get some of the appeal. And I'm sure that there's probably a lot more to it than what I've seen, but. Um, it's fun, you know, the combat is really good, it's really tight, uh, feels good to play, the art style is really, is really cool as well, very stylized, very unique, um, there's a lot of character in the little interactions, you know, the, the, your character, Hades, and the voice acting's pretty good and all that stuff, so, uh, it feels like a very nice, polished game, 
I can see how this is probably it, it in the line of what Supergiant has been doing throughout the years. This is probably the perfection of their formula. Um, and it might be weird to say, call, say it that way because it's, uh, each one of those games is different. Uh, each one of the games that they did, they're not all roguelikes. They're not. They, in fact, this might be their first one that's a roguelike. But I feel like they've perfected their, you know, the combat and the uh, the graphics and everything else. And and this this might be the game that they were meant to do from the beginning. So, but is um, it better than I, Bastion? <laughs> See, the interesting thing, too, as well, is, and that's the, the other layer of this, is that when I was graduating college um, originally back in 2013, I had we had a final project where we had to make a game. Obviously, I was going I was doing game game development and we the game that we made was inspired by Bastion. So there were a few folks on my team that were really into Bastion. I didn't even know the game at that point, but I played it because we were going to make a game inspired by it or, or kind of similar to it. Uh, and so it was the same kind of style. Or it was like this uh, three quarters isometric view, going through these levels, like killing a bunch of enemies, uh, learning new skills, and etc. Um, and we called it Frozen Flame because the game was about this fire and ice mechanic, where you know you had to attack ice with fire and and attack fire with ice, and you had two swords. It was a fire sword and an ice sword, and it was kind of cool. And obviously, it was, it was just a buggy little thing because it's a school. It's just a student project. Um, but that's what we did. So playing now going back and playing um, Hades when I didn't play Transistor and I didn't play Pyre uh, and I have not played Bastion in forever. It was almost kind of nostalgic to me in a way because it wasn't just nostalgic in the way that it's similar to Bastion, but it was nostalgic in it that I feel that I'm playing a different version of the game that I made <laughs> in college. So um, it was kind of cool to do that as well. Um, I don't know if it's, as, if it's better than Bastion. I, I feel like it probably is given the the general response that, uh, that it's gotten. And I, uh, you know, I, I like Bastion, but I, it's not like I finished it and uh, either. And it's not <laughs> like I, <laughs> so I can't, I can't really speak much there. I also haven't played it since literally 2012, 2013. So yeah, but uh, yeah, I like Hades. Uh, I want to, keep playing it a little bit more and i i definitely recommend it if you're into roguelikes or not but you want to give it a chance okay cool um before we move on though i just wanted to say that i did find the uh the gaming the gaming monitor um it's made by a company called la pow um nice and it's a 15.6 inch screen it's 1080p and it has speakers on there the speakers are semi-loud but they're they're definitely not loud enough if you're in a loud room but Basically, it supports like HDMI and uh, a USB Type-C, so it can also work as a laptop monitor extension where you can have two monitors with your with your laptop or your phone. So, um, But yeah, I found it. It's $189 on Amazon, and uh, I threw the link in the doc, so just for you, Dan. Um, oh, thank you. And cool. uh, yeah, I uh, do recommend it. Uh, my nephew wanted that for his Christmas present, but then changed it when he wanted an Xbox instead. So, mm -hmm. But yeah, anyways... Uh, back to uh, what I was playing here. So, of course, I played some more Fortnite, and uh, I, I had I, they keep on throwing out some Marvel skins. They put out Black Widow. I got Black Widow. They threw in Venom, and uh, I, I got Venom, and he's he's so cool and everything. Um, there was uh, I'm I'm kind of sort of like I think I might have to play uh, play uh, the Fortnite for Thanksgiving or, or during the Thanksgiving weekend because this coming Tuesday is the last day of the season when Galactus is going to show up. Uh, to the planet, to the Fortnite planet, um, for the in-game event, and then the se the next season kicks off. Um, which is crazy because I, I, although I'm over level 100, I want to get to like level 160 or something like that because every or every 40 levels actually, so it'd be like 180. But every 40 levels, you get like more skins, 
and mm-hmm. I'm trying to get like I got all the almost all the silver skins unlocked, and now I'm, there's going to be gold skins variants, and then after that, which I think is like 220, it's going to be like rainbow skins, which which is kind of out of my league because I don't think I can possibly pull that off. But uh, <laughs> yeah, though it's it's kind of sucks to to know that I can't. Uh, just like before, I can't get every every cosmetic because I don't play Fortnite to the point where like I'm at level 300 by the end of the season or whatever. So, yeah. And on that note, since you're talking about Fortnite, we did we did mention either on the last show or the one before that uh, Epic was surveying their users to try to see if they would be interested in a uh, a subscription model for Fortnite, and I think you even said that you would potentially be interested in it. Well, we have a resolution to that story now. I'm reading this from uh, IGN. It's written by Matt T M Kim. Fortnite is starting up a monthly subscription service with the arrival of Chapter 2 Season 5. Dubbed Fortnite Crew, players can sign up for $11.99 a month to gain unique perks and benefits beyond just purchasing a new Battle Pass every season. Fortnite Crew will launch on December 2nd, the same day as Season 5. As a monthly subscription, the $11.99 cost will be recurring, but each month players will get a series of bonuses, including exclusives. Subscription members will get Battle Pass for the full season. Members will have access to the current season's Battle Pass. 1,000 V-Bucks each month. And a monthly crew pack, subscribers will get an exclusive Fortnite crew pack each month with an always new outfit bundle. Yeah, they. Uh, I booted up Fortnite today, and I did see the uh, the new crew, the new crew uh, outfits and stuff. They showed it to you, and mm-hmm. like you know, showing you what they're gonna look like. I'm not a. Uh, I'm not really sold on the 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 skins because they kind of look very. I don't know, like just sort of like vomiting out color. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a fan of those type of like uh, uh, stylized skins and stuff, and I always find it to be very uh, detrimental to gameplay. Um, I find I find it that when a character is harder to see, it's you got the advantage. And if a character is just like glowing and like uh, just sort of drawing too much attention to yourself, it's not you're easily spotted and you're killed faster. So, right, yeah, that's understandable. That makes sense. Uh, but beyond that, like I don't know, man. I'm I'm I, I'm digging the idea. Like I can handle twelve dollars a month. I can get I can handle the billing. But these uh, perks are not enough for me. I mean, a thousand V bucks each month, man. I shit that out like in in a day. So no, I can't. I I think I'm gonna have to stick to the uh, the model where I just buy the season pass and buy like a hundred dollars in V bucks every two weeks or something. Uh, yeah. yeah, it seems like they're kind of playing it safe with it, where they're like they don't want to give you too much because maybe they're afraid of how it's going to undermine the, the, the rest of the game's economy and how it's going to affect everything else. You know, with a game like Fortnite, everything you do, there's this kind of risk with it, right? Cause you, it has this, um, everything just kind of works the way it is. Um, and people are used to spending a certain amount of money and getting a certain amount of perks. So anything that you do to kind of change those dynamics could potentially be detrimental. If you get to a situation where like, Oh, there's no reason to buy anything separate anymore. Everybody just gets in the subscription. I don't know if that's what they want. I would or rather if that's not what they want. I would rather be right? that way because, like, if you think about it, like, I like I bought Black Widow for two thousand V bucks. I bought Venom for two thousand V bucks. I bought Silver Surfer for two thousand V bucks. You get the point mm-hmm. here. Every cool skin, like Blade and Daredevil and all these, all these skins, they cost two thousand fucking V bucks, and that's mm-hmm. like, uh, that's like fifteen real world dollars, and um you know it just kind of i just yeah. kind of think that you know if you're paying this much if you're paying 12 dollars a month you need more you've got to give me more than that so that's kind of ridiculous when you think about it by the way because uh 15 for a skin 
when you know a triple a new triple a game is sixty dollars so <laughs> which is a lot more than the equivalent of four skins as far as the the work involved in making it right yeah so yeah it definitely seems like they they might be overcharging on that but they they're charging as much as they're able to charge with people still buying it right so uh the truth is uh you can't fault them for doing that either yeah like um, i said i just I, i'm okay with the monthly cost i'm just not okay with with the with the perks like i said i need more perks for it to be the correct uh for the for the for the balance for the scales to be balanced for me so yeah fair enough all right uh lewis we also played some more phasmophobia i don't know if you want yes. to talk much about that but we streamed it yeah. on twitch yeah twitch.tv slash ready press play every tuesday at 9 p.m central 7 p.m pacific i we gotta i always <laughs> i do the plugs every week here so uh yeah um we we i think we felt i i, I think both of us were here we entered the stream with the game plan, you know, where our heads were in the right place. We had like more of an idea as to like the the correct way of handling objectives and actually using the money that we earned from the last stream to like the in-game money to to purchase, you know, like the thermometer and the matches and the, the mm-hmm. smudge sticks or whatever they called it or whatever. You know, we were actually like going into our own and handling our... Uh, um our our shit when it comes to like oh you know instead of spinning our wheels we were actually like game planning and trying to you know tackle this and you know i we the worst part about this whole situation is despite all of that we managed to basically do the exact same amount of work as we did last stream and that's kind of like uh, (laughs) that's kind of like upsetting to the fact that you know we didn't uh, we we guessed we i think we guessed more wrong this stream than last stream um yeah which is crazy because which is crazy because last stream we had less evidence to go off of and we, we and then yet we managed to land on you know you know flip a coin and land correctly um but yeah other than that though um i was still a little tense but i can tell that both me and you like we were less less afraid but um yeah i yeah, I, the, I think the game seems to get less scary the more you play it but you know after playing it this time i feel like i don't really see myself playing this game a lot more but i feel like if i did i kind of want to try to play it with a bigger crew meaning i, I want to try to play it in a group of actual four people because i almost feel like that's that that seems to me like it's the ideal way to play the game and granted they have different scenarios for different player configurations so there's you know there's there's an easier level that's supposed to be just for one player should be able to do it and then levels that are meant for two players and etc but i just feel like the game would be the most fun if it was a group of four players you're then able to actually distribute out the items perhaps Better. right because yeah um the problem that we have is that we're like oh we need this for that goal and we need this for that goal but then we also need these things to verify what kind of ghost it is and we end up <laughs> we can only carry six carry items anything. between the three of us yeah. so we have to leave items behind and then yeah yeah i know um which is kind of crazy because i actually when i think about it like just especially the way we played the game like uh since we use discord and stuff to talk to each other you're supposed to use the in-game text chat to like you know you know talk mm-hmm. to the ghost as well as each other um, and if when you're different rooms, you got to use the walkie talkie, you know, for long to communicate over long distances. Um, and it's kind of crazy. It's like, I feel like, you know, since we were, since we're talking to each other on discord, the, you know, the ghost isn't like eavesdropping on our conversation, so to speak, since we're not using, mm-hmm. like, we're only using the in-game chat to like call out to the ghost's names and stuff. So it kind of, it might've probably been a situation where we could have had more frights if we were making more of a ruckus, so to speak in the house. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. And uh, you got one more game that you want to talk about, right? Yeah. So I'm reviewing uh, another game uh, for Level 1 Gaming. It's called Android Hunter A. Um, and the game actually drops on Thanksgiving of all days. And that's when the embargoes do. So luckily, this episode, this podcast drops after Thanksgiving or, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm free to talk about it now. Um, so the game is basically inspired by Mega Man, like the original classic NES Me- Mega Man games. Um 
it definitely plays like that and i feel like it's to its strength and it's also to its detriment so like mm. you know um they are like you know sticklers you can tell that they're fans of the games and they did like a lot of animations that sort of like mimic the original uh games and you know i even like give them like props to like that little small attention to detail that they did whenever like the there's like a freeze frame kind of thing that like mm-hmm. you know goes back to like the mega man games but uh one of the things that the mega man games didn't do um is you can't shoot diagonally or you can't shoot upwards and stuff like that and i feel like in a modern game in a modern context it kind of makes more sense to do it that way um I don't know. I just kind of feel like there's uh, certain things that are clunky, but they were clunky back then. Therefore, they don't have to be clunky now, but they did it anyways to stay true mm. to themselves. And I don't know if that's I a, see. I don't know if that's a good idea or not. But yeah, yeah, it, it depends. I, I'd say it's like it's like different development styles. They kind of appeal to different player styles too, right? Because there's there's players that when they think about their the way that they're nostalgic about old Mega Man. They actually remember, they don't exactly remember it as it is. And if they want to play a game, a new game in 2020, they probably want the game to be like, um, kind of like a modernized version of it as opposed to the, the real thing. Cause there's always that factor. Like you, you want the, you want the new thing to be like the way you remember the old thing, but not the way the old thing actually is. Right. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, that's called um, nostalgia lenses and stuff like that. And, yes, uh, exactly. And yeah, like I said, like, I, I, like I said, I, I don't know. I, I, I ultimately favored the game. I gave a favorable review to it. Um, I definitely mm. think they did a lot right. And I think that um, I can't I, I can't really say that I'm like a big Mega Man fan. I've played like Mega Man 2 and 3. You know, I beat the games. Mm. Uh, so I know what, what the, when, I know what it's all about. I wish I could compare it more to I wish I, I have Mega Man 11, by the way, and I haven't played it. Uh, I wish I could compare it to Mega Man 11, and I wish I could compare it to Mighty Number no. Nine. I own both those games, and yet I've not played either of them. Uh, mm-hmm. But like, I, uh, from my understanding of the crit- of the fan reception to Mighty Number no. Nine, is that it was it is that it sucked. So if I were to sort of like transpose what I believe to be like the the uh, the quality standard, is like I would say that it's probably going to be better than Mighty Number no. Nine, but definitely not up to the standards that Mega Man 2 set. So um, I think it's somewhere in the middle. I think it's. Uh, you know, I think it's a, uh, it's, it definitely, I think it, it, uh, it scratches the itch for Mega Man fans, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. the, the ending is a little half baked. You can tell, like, I feel like there was like some rush development going on because the ending is kind of sort of half assed. Um, but beyond that, it's, it's, it does what, what Mega Man games do as far as like the, uh, the dopamine hits. You know, you gotta mm-hmm. memorize the boss patterns and then, you know, beat the boss and like learn like the weaknesses and everything. It does everything, uh, as, as, it's, as it's supposed to be. So um, ultimately, I think it's a good game. So yeah. all right, fair enough. So if you're a Mega Man fan out there looking for something that reminds you of a old school Mega Man and kind of scratches that itch, you can check out Android Hunter A on Thanksgiving right, on Steam. So yeah, yes. Let's get into the news. Okay, let's do it. Starting here with an IGN article written by Joe Scrabbles. Xbox could be an app on your TV within a year, says Phil Spencer. Head of Xbox Phil Spencer says he thinks Xbox will release a smart TV app used to play games with no console required, open quote, in the next 12 months, end quote. In an interview with the Verge's Decoder podcast, Spencer was asked what was stopping Microsoft from releasing Xbox as an app for smart TVs that meet a minimum hardware specification. The answer, it seems, is nothing, open quote. I think you're going to see that in the next 12 months, replied Spencer. I don't think anything is going to stop us from doing that. Spencer doesn't go into any specifics on the mooted app, but we've previously heard the Xbox exec discuss the idea of Xbox streaming sticks that could be used to stream games through xCloud after being plugged into the TV. 
These could even be made part of the Xbox Game Pass subscription cost. It's not clear if Microsoft is considering which approach to take, or if it will take both, allowing those with high-powered TVs simply to download the app, and those without to use a plug-in solution. Spencer reiterated that he doesn't see streaming as the end of Microsoft's dedicated consoles, however saying, open quote, I don't think these will be the last big pieces of hardware that we ship, end quote. Instead, he says the future of Xbox as a hybrid of inbuilt computing power and streaming. Open quote. When we think about xCloud, which is our version of Google Stadia or Amazon Luna, I think what it needs to evolve to are games that actually run between a hybrid environment of the cloud and the local compute capability, and that they can actually take full advantage of the cloud that's there and that's available, but also full advantage of my edge compute capability that I have in my home in the console. It's really a hybrid between both of those. He later continued, I don't think the outcome is by definition going to be everything becomes terminal server in my home and all my games are just running completely in the cloud. When we think about the evolution of our game platform, it's really more of a hybrid gaming platform between edge and cloud that we're shooting for. Given the scarcity of Xbox Series X and S right now, maybe we will likely jump at the opportunity to simply stream Xbox games directly onto their TVs. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, what I do just, you think? I just got to say that um, this is definitely a situation where it's definitely towards Microsoft's advantage. Uh, because, you know, when you think about, like, Google Stadia and, you know, having to have, like, even just a Chromecast for your TV... Uh, I think the, the 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 general consumer don't e- they don't even want to be bothered with even that. So I think the more um, the more like uh, barriers to entry that you remove, you know, where you just simply you already have a TV, you just download the app and then it's, you just launch the app like you would like the Netflix app or whatever, you know. And mm-hmm. then there you go, you can just start gaming. Um, and this actually reminds me of like a conversation I had with my brother uh, whenever um, I told my brother about how oh, I got the new Xbox Series X and stuff like that, and I showed him my, my you know my my Xbox and everything. And then he asked me like, why don't, why doesn't there like a TV manufacturer that just, you know, has an Xbox built into the TV itself? You know, wouldn't mm-hmm. that sell well, you know, if you can just, if your console is inside the TV and you just play it like that. And I'm like, and I'm like, I don't know about that. I don't know how that would work. And then, you know, it's like, yeah, whatever. It's just a thought. And so, yeah, it's just a, uh... it's, it's so funny you say that. I want to go off that thought a little bit. So I've had similar interactions with people in my life that, you know, didn't necessarily follow video game news or gaming consoles, cycles and et cetera. Um, I remember in the, when the smart TV started coming out that I wasn't that interested in them. I actually thought they were kind of stupid because in my head I was like, I have all this stuff in my consoles already, you know, at the time, um, that's, I think smart TVs were getting popular. I already had, you know, a PS3 plugged into my TV that let me do whatever I wanted on the TV through my PS3. And I was also at the mind of like, well, whatever processor they put in these TVs, is never going to be as good as having, <laughs> you know, a console plugged into the TV or, um, you know, even your computer, because back in the day, I used to do that a lot, uh, where I would plug in my laptop into the TV for doing certain things, like if I wanted to stream a video or whatever, or show, show somebody something, um, and so I was always like, oh, this is going to suck. And especially like you would get, it's it's gotten a lot better, but some of the, some of the smart TVs from like, I don't know, like eight years ago, you would, uh, you would turn them on and then the controller would not work very well. It would be super slow. And, um, the, yeah. the, they had very limited apps or I think for a while they didn't even have apps. I remember I had a smart TV at one point where like it had a internet browser and that was almost it. Um, like you had to go and type stuff into the browser to find what you wanted. And, 
Um, and, then, so, and, and apps, I mean, the, the TVs themselves were not even guaranteed to get updated and then they might lose support. Yes. And then, yeah, yeah. And during that time frame, I remember I had a conversation with my dad, I think, where my dad was like, oh, like this consoles are going to be done. Like this is the this is the future of uh, video games. Like in a few years, you're just going to have the games in your TV and there's not going to be any need to buy anything else. And I laughed at him. And I was like, no, there's no way that's ever going to happen. It's so different. Blah, blah, blah. You don't understand dad whatever you know <laughs> and uh it's it's kind of funny though to think that we might be kind of going in that direction because it's not that consoles are going away it's not the pc game nothing is going away right but it's it's this idea that xbox really is trying to become that netflix where you can get it on your smart tv which have gotten a lot better since then and a lot more like snappy and, and functional and you know they're almost like phones now um, and then you can, you can have Xbox just as an app on your TV, or you can have your series X or your series S you can have Xbox on your PC. You can maybe, you can have Xbox on your phones. You can maybe one day have Xbox on your switch and maybe even one day have Xbox on your PlayStation console. So it's just all about I, convenience as hell. You know? Yes. I think that's what they're going for. That's what they want. And at the end of the day, there's always going to be limitations. Like even with Netflix, the thing that's interesting about Netflix is that it is a little different on uh, each platform that you use it, right? Like so certain pla- – like you can't watch – you know, 4K stuff from Netflix if you're if you're running it on the 3DS, obviously, right? So like the it the service will still be limited by whatever platform it's on. I assume that something like Bandersnatch or these new interactive. I was actually talking to a friend about this recently because he knew some more about this than I did, but he was saying that something that's more interactive like Bandersnatch is not supported by everything that supports Netflix. Uh, so if you went back to like old platforms that got some old version of the Netflix app back into 2010 or something, they probably did not. Um, and that's that's probably way too far back, by the way. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they, not everything will support everything. So I think that's kind of what it's going to be where you have an Xbox Game Pass subscription, which I think at some point might just become an Xbox subscription. <laughs> and then um, yeah. if you if, if all you have is your TV, all, uh, your smart TV, all good. You have the Xbox app. You can play games through uh, xCloud, right? The games that are supported through xCloud or whatever. If you have a Series X, maybe you can play more games. You can download the games. You can play them on your device, run it there. Maybe if you have an Xbox One, then you can only play the games that were made, you know, back then. But you can also play those. So I just want to I just, I just want to say that I'm gonna we're gonna have to start like in about maybe in the by 2030 we're gonna have to start thinking about TVs with like storage options like oh you gotta have the TV that's oh your TV only has a terabyte you know like that uh, oh yeah that's true <laughs> I mean it, it's interesting to think where that's going like where we're gonna be talking about processing power for TVs too potentially so yeah that's uh, that's interesting so we we shall see what happens all right. Now on to our next story here. Sony promises more PS5s before the new year following unprecedented demand, uh, as written by Nicole, Nicole Carpenter for Polygon. Last week, Sony Interactive Entertainment president Jim Ryan told Russian press that everything, all of its PlayStation 5 consoles, had been sold. However, Sony announced on Wednesday that it will refresh its console inventory in the next couple months after seeing, open quote, unprecedented demand for the console. We want to thank gamers everywhere for making the PS5 launch our biggest console launch ever. Sony tweeted from its PlayStation Twitter account. Demand for the PS5 is unprecedented, so we wanted to confirm that more PS5 inventory will be coming to retailers before the end of the year. Please stay in touch with your local retailers. Sony has not released sales numbers for the PlayStation 5 console, so there is little context for how big exactly this launch is compared to others. In 2013, former Sony president Andrew House said that more than 2.1 million PlayStation 4 consoles were sold in the first two weeks since launch. So we can estimate that more than 2 million PS5 consoles have already been sold. 
Um, however, I do want to bring up that it seems like a huge portion of these sales are unfortunately, or I shouldn't say a huge portion, but a significant portion of these sales are unfortunately being bought by Scalpers. Uh, and I just brought in this little article as written by Sammy Barker for Push Square. PS5 stock is borderline impossible to find right now and consoles are selling for over a thousand dollars or euros on eBay, significantly more than Sony's recommended retail price. Now an interview with Business Insider has shed light on the sordid reseller market with one British group claiming that its members have purchased a total of 3,500 systems to date. So how does it all work? Well, the organization sells subscriptions to wannabe resellers and then provides them with access to a variety of different services, which help them to source highly sought after products that ranges from, yes, bots all the way through to insight and advice. The idea is that once purchased, those items can then be resold at a profit. So yeah, there we go. It looks like uh, it looks like it's still gonna be a hard time to uh, to find a PS5 until at least maybe December. Oh, I hope so, but I just think that <clears throat> you gotta. I think you gotta level, level the playing field because there's just this whole per, you know buying them only online only is just gonna it's just gonna make it very difficult, especially with the uh, with the uh, Walmart situation and all the other uh, store mm. situations where they're. They're not protected. They're not. They're not protecting bots uh, from bots. And in and on top of that, even if they were, the uh, the websites crash from just too much traffic. So um, yeah, I the only other thing I can think of is just do it the old fashioned way. You know, first come, first serve at a store. You know, that's gotta. I wonder if uh, taking some words out of uh, Phil Spencer here. I wonder if there's perhaps a hybrid solution. Like if there was a way that you could like you buy it. Um, like not you buy it online, but you have to go online and like get into some kind of line online, and then when it's your turn, you get maybe a scheduled. I'm I'm thinking of this as we go, but maybe you get some kind of scheduled time frame to go to the store and pick it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, PlayStation Direct. Uh, when you buy the PlayStation Five directly through them, that's how it works. Um, the best mm-hmm. way the, the best way to buy a PlayStation Five online is through Sony directly because you actually wait in a virtual line to go for your turn. To be able to queue mm-hmm. up to buy the the system, so I wonder if there could be even a way where it's like it's almost like a, a a mix between you know the queuing system, but also a physical situation. Because on a physical situation, you know somebody has to physically go to the store, show their ID or whatever. Maybe that that may, that might be going too far. But then they can only get one console per person. They could perhaps control for that, right? So like you uh you get a uh, you go to your local like store like website uh or you put in like the the address of your local store and then they give you a schedule time made from this time to this time you got to be at the store and then they only give that time like if they have like you know 100 units they distribute them where it's like okay well we gave five different people this time and then the five people need to come in and then get the console and maybe you do need to like put in your name or give an id or something so that you can't get another one like later in the day i don't know i'm just kind of spitballing here i think there are probably ways to do this better um than what's been done so far and you're right they're just keep rewarding the bots <laughs> yeah uh all right fair enough all right moving on uh we talked about the our game awards predictions uh last week here but there was another award that happened since then it's the golden joystick awards and let's read here from games raider as reported by ben tyre the Golden Joystick Awards 2020 have officially finished with The Last of Us 2 taking home a record-breaking six trophies. If you missed the show, don't fret. We've rounded up all the winners here so you can see which games took home every prize awarded. Outside the memo sweep for The Last of Us 2, other big winners included Hades, which came away with Best Indie and Critics' Choice Award, as well as Fall Guys, which took the crown for Best Family Game and Best Multiplayer Game. With a showcase hosted this year by Laura Bailey and Travis Willingham, 
Fans also got to see the venerable voice actress give the best performance awards to their Avengers co-star Sandra Saad, who played Kamala Khan in Square Enix's superheroes mashup. She wasn't Here's even of- she wasn't even nominated for the game of the the uh, the game the game awards. That's crazy. Yes, and I I think that she probably deserved because I actually think she had a a really good performance in that game. Uh, but here are the awards: best storytelling, Last of Us Part Two; best multiplayer, Fall Guys; best visual design, Last of Us Part Two; best game expansion, No Man's Sky Origins; mobile game of the year, Lego Builders Journey, which was also not nominated for the mobile game category on the Game Awards; <laughs> best audio, Last of Us Two; best indie game, Hades; still playing, which is probably the equivalent of the ongoing Game Award, Minecraft; studio of the year, Naughty Dog. Esports Game of the Year, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Best New Streamer slash Broadcaster, I Am Brandon. Best Family Game, Fall Guys. Best Gaming Community, Minecraft. Best Performer, Sandra Saad as Kamala Khan in Avengers. Breakthrough Award for Inner Sloth for Among Us. Outstanding Contribution to the Gaming Industry. I'm not sure what that the means. P- PC Game of the Year, Death Stranding. Best Gaming Hardware, NVIDIA GeForce RTX 3080. PlayStation Game of the Year, The Last of Us 2. Xbox Game of the Year, Ori and the Wild of Wisps. Nintendo Game of the Year, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Most Wanted Game, God of War, Ragnarok. Critics' Choice, Hades. And Ultimate Game of the Year, The Last of Us Part 2. I just wanted to say, like, number one, okay, first off, uh, the Microsoft Game of the Year, uh, Microsoft Game, uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, 100% true. And I think that's probably, I don't know, is there, is there another exclusive Microsoft game or Xbox game that came out that's of, of worth? Probably, I don't think probably so, not. So, I think, yeah, <laughs> I think the I actually think the only other uh, kind of first party Microsoft game that came out this year was Gears Tactics and oh Microsoft Flight Simulator. Oh yeah, that's well, right. So. Yeah. Well, basically, in my opinion, it ran un- uncontested. <laughs> yeah. So shots fired. No, I got that. Shots fired. But anyways, uh, <laughs> I just wanted to say that best gaming hardware. I'm surprised that they split the difference and went with PC. Because first off, okay, uh, if you're going by like just like the name of the category, best. Then yeah, the RTX the RTX 3080. Nobody has nothing on that um, mm-hmm. except maybe the 3090. But um, as far as like best gaming hardware in the launch in the year of the launches of the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation Five, the, this award show just decided not to award one of the consoles over the other. So yeah. Well, it, the it it could be that like you said, like they split the difference, right? So uh, the Xbox fans voted for Xbox, the PlayStation fans voted for PlayStation, and then the PC fans. PC Master Race came out on top, is what it looks like. <laughs> um, but I will also say that I think that, uh, I think it makes sense. And I feel like it's one of those things where I remember that on the year, like on the year that PS4 and Xbox One came out, uh, I read on a website, or I think they did a thing where it's like, which. Uh, which is the best hardware to buy this holiday season for the holiday season where those two consoles uh, released? And their answer was the Wii U. <laughs> um, and the reason why that was their answer was because the Wii U had been in the market for a year. It had gotten some cool games and it was a good price and all that stuff. Versus the new consoles didn't really have a lot to show for it yet. And turns out wouldn't really have a lot to show for a while. Um, so I I kind of get it where like I almost I almost lean on the fact that like theoretically probably the worst time you can ever buy a console is when it first comes out no i'm not saying i understand the whole like early adopter excitement and like wanting to be there day one and like evolve with the console buy the games as they come out like i get all of that it's like very cool to be in that position and to experience the enthusiasm but at the same time the consoles are only going to get better right like the the consoles uh the os and the game library and all that stuff like it's just going to get better so i think that it's an interesting award to have. I think it makes sense that the RTX got it, though. And I think we're going to see the other consoles have more of a chance next year, depending on what their first year is mm. is like. Right. That's my guess. Okay. 
Yeah. But uh, interesting to see this. And I wonder if, uh, is this, is this Lewis uh, perhaps a, they, they tend to say in the mo- in the movie industry that the Golden Globes kind of give you the, uh, some predictions for what the, the Oscars will be like, right? Yeah. Uh, it it, it kind of gives you a, a sneak peek of what you could probably expect from the Oscars. We'll just say that this award, which I don't really know a lot about actually, even though I, I see it pop up every year, but I don't know a lot about the details of it. Do you think this gives us a, a, a sneak peek into what the game awards are going to be like? I think it does, um, especially with mm-hmm. the uh, with the Last of Us winning so many stuff. Like, um, yeah, and I I kind of sort of see like it's it's a, it's like a tale. Like I'm I'm like you know Among Us won Breakthrough Award even though it's a you know two year old game and you know I mm-hmm. I think um, I think I'm sort of bracing myself for impact for for these things <laughs> for how wrong I'm going right. to be. So. Yeah. We're only like two weeks away, by the way, which I just remembered something I want to do um, is for a topic of the show either next week. It might have to be next week or it could be the week after it. Uh, a prediction, another predictions for the Game Awards, but for the announcements, mm. predicting the announcements of the Game Awards. Yeah. Um, maybe we can uh maybe you we know. can i think we would have to do it next week so we'll talk about that off i feel like i feel like i, I want to like make a game of game uh, game awards topic where it's like i want to i want to talk about how like you know the game awards is basically e3 and not so much an award show because like yeah, nobody watches the oscars to watch a trailer you know but whatever dude i would love to talk about this we can we can do a huge topic about this because i i'm actually i really like award shows for some reason yeah ditto. Uh, and i I like the Game Awards, but there's a lot of things that I wish were different with it, um, and we can we can get into that. But all right, moving on. Uh, since we talked a lot about The Last of Us, The Last of Us gets series order from HBO, as reported by Joseph Noop for IGN. HBO has officially ordered a series based on The Last of Us video game franchise. HBO Executive Vice President of Programming Francesca Ori announced last Friday. Though a series based on The Last of Us had been in discussion for some time now, Friday's announcement reconfirms HBO's intent on the show and attaches a few key names to the project. Writing the series are The Last of Us creative director Neil Druckmann and Chernobyl writer Craig Mazin. Druckmann will also be executive producing the series alongside Cheryl Strauss from Chernobyl and Game of Thrones, as well as Naughty Dog president Evan Wells and PlayStation Productions Asad Kizibosh and Carter Swan. HBO is partnering with Sony Pictures Television on the series, with PlayStation Productions, Award Games, and Naughty Dog all co-producing. So I we already yeah I feel like we already is, had these stories is, earlier in the year. This is old news because I remember them talking about the Chernobyl writer. Uh, I feel like last year before we even did the podcast, where like this is a, a a series that was already being you know developed or you know confirmed to be you know launching, and I feel like this news of it being reconfirmed is old news because it was already confirmed once you know it's the weird thing though is that i was under the same impression as you but this made the round so strongly last week where it was uh it was written about in so many different articles that my understanding is that before even though we were saying it it wasn't fully confirmed yet and now it is fully confirmed and also when i when i read that uh hbo has officially ordered the series I believe that what that means is that they've approved in a pi- they've uh well the pi- not just the pilot but the actual there's no war. pilot uh, yeah they've at least approved the the script right so because I was about to say like I don't think they've casted it yet but um they've at least like approved what the script is like I think it, I think it means that it's a little bit closer to we hear about these things you know like video game movies they'll get in a development hell forever and we just don't don't really hear about them and you never know what eventually they're just kind of gone um but i think this means that this is potentially closer than we would think i feel like we could see it's not uh, unrealistic that this show could be coming out within like the next 18 months Mm. or so um but we'll see i'm just gonna say like i feel like whenever they're talking about ordering a series or ordering uh 
Yeah, ordering just here. Like, that, that's kind of like I have a different uh, depiction of that. Like normally you you film a pilot and the pilot makes the rounds within the studio. And then, like, mm-hmm. the studio then orders it to series, meaning that the rest of the season is is greenlit. Like, you know. Ep- you know, that's what I was thinking, too. And I stopped myself before saying that just because I was like, but that would mean that they, they already cast it then. But, like, we haven't heard anything about the casting. So True. I don't know. I don't know what it means. Hmm. But if you know what it means, please write into writeplaynetwork.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on The Last of Us show, which I'm very excited about, actually. I think that I think that game has a lot of potential in, in making for a really good show if they do it right. Did so it. I hope they do. And finally, our final news story for the day here, Super Mario Maker is being delisted on Nintendo Wii U with online functionality removed, as reported by Joel Morgan for Game Infinito- Infinitus. Uh, Nintendo is going to the list and remove Super Mario Maker on the Nintendo Wii U. They are also removing online functionality for uploading courses. Nintendo has announced today that the online functionality in Super Mario Maker Wii U will be removed on March 31st, 2021. This uh, this gives more credence to the to the jokes that and the theories that Nintendo is gonna end in March thirty first, twenty twenty one. This will be continued with the removal of the game from Nintendo eShop as well. The game will be delisted from the Nintendo eShop for digital purchase on March thirty first, twenty twenty one. Those who own a physical or digital copy will still be able to play the game, but they won't get access to the online functionality. The game has sold more than four million copies on the Wii U. It is the top. It is in the top ten best-selling games on the platform, placing at the seventh position in the list. Yeah, what do you what do you think, Lewis? This is uh, kind of sad, right? Man, the first time I heard this news, and I've had time to digest this uh, news, uh, I was like like furious and like just livid. I was like, how dare <laughs> they? You know. Uh, but now it's like now that I've had time to sit with it, it's like. It's not the end of the world. I mean, you can still, for those who already own the game, you can still download courses even after March 31st. You can still download courses that are already uploaded, like pri- uh, prior. Mm-hmm. Um, now that day will eventually come, you know, when that 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 can happen. But I feel like when it comes to these like these inter- online based service based games, uh, there is definitely a shelf life. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's not like I can't say that I didn't know that this day wasn't going to come. I just feel like this game is coming sooner rather than I thought, though. Uh, but mm-hmm. the Wii U is technically a legacy console. Um, yeah. And I have, and if I'm gonna play Mario Maker, I'm gonna play it on the Switch and not necessarily on the Wii U. But also, to be fair, um, to the Wii U version is that there are certain functionalities and things that aren't available on the Switch version. Like uh, the biggest really? thing I can think of right now is the Amiibo support. So like the mm-hmm. the NES sprites, um, you can't mm-hmm. get them on the uh, on the Switch version. Um, I'm pretty sure there's I'm pretty sure there's more things, uh, but I can't think of any off the top of my head right now. But uh, ultimately, just in general, like, you know, maybe uh, maybe Mario Maker 3 will have, you know, best of both both worlds. And, you know, and it'll just blow it out, blow it out the water. And the Wii U version will definitely be obsolete by then or or for sure. But but yeah, um, I guess I'm feeling lukewarm on this now. Yeah, this this was one of the first times where this this kind of hit me in a very specific way that uh that never happened before. I was like, oh damn, I own that game. I bought it at full price, and I never played it. <laughs> I uh, I played it very little. I uh, I I know because you, I remember you had to go through. There was like you had to check in every day for a certain amount of days to unlock all the features. Mm-hmm. Um, that I didn't even get to do that. I like I I think I only turned the game on once. Uh, and I played it for like two hours and then I never turned it on again. And so it made me sad to see that the game is getting discontinued when I, you know, I never even really played it. My um, first course but... that I uploaded got like, you know, like I got an email from like Nintendo be like, oh yeah, your, your course, or I think might've been a notification within Mario Maker itself. It's like, yeah, we, mm-hmm. we delisted your course. 
because it wasn't popular enough. I'm like, damn. I'm like, really? Yeah. I didn't know that was something they could do. Yeah, like they can take away courses because I guess they only have so much bandwidth for so many courses because they would get like million when they first when it first exploded on the scene. They would like they were touting it's like we had a million courses uploaded or whatever, you know, like <laughs> that kind of thing. So uh, yeah, that's crazy. My first course I ever, I ever made, um, which actually I didn't make it, but whatever, I helped make. Um, you know, wasn't that good. It was a little. It was a basic ass course. Um, and of course, yeah, it's it's got it had to go. I mean, it wasn't that good. So yeah. All right. Cool. Let's go into some extra news now. After a long drought spent wondering when Square Enix would show a crumb of attention to fans of the 2007 action RPG hit, The World Ends with You, it is finally getting a sequel. Number two, along with a touching tribute in the end credits of Spider-Man Miles Morales, late Black Panther actor Chadwick Boseman also gets a street named after him in the game's version of New York City. Number three, a sealed copy of NES's Super Mario Bros. 3 has sold for $156,000 and has set the world record for the highest price paid for a video game at an auction. Number four, the team over at 4A Games has confirmed that a new single-player experience for the Metro franchise is currently in active development for PS5, Series X, and PC. Anything you want to comment on, Louis? The uh, NES game, I looked into it. Um, basically, it's a, it's a brand new sealed copy of the game. Um, it's in really good condition, and that's part of the reason why it's expensive. But the biggest thing, the really thing that sets it off, is that it was one of the early versions, the early run, like first print versions of the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, the um, the the positioning of like the the I think the three I want to say was on the left side when it was more centered. I don't know if it was a three or the bros. I think it was bros actually. Uh, the bros like you know how like instead of it making in the line, it was on the left, and it was like on like on uh mario's hand or whatever on the box art where and like later revisions it was sort of like shifted over so that it didn't you know impede his hand hmm. um so it's just a smi- a minor like you know printing imperfection and that's what made it valuable so yeah cool all right time for check this out Wait, did you fix the sound effect? Did you make it uh, not as loud? I just turned down my phone's volume. <laughs> oh, that's so smart. Yeah. You're, you're a genius, Liz. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we got we got another little update, sort of, in the Nintendo theme park. This is an article from Kotaku, as uh, written by Luke Plunkett. N- Nintendo's theme park is looking fantastic. Super Nintendo World at Universal Studios Japan was supposed to be open by now, but you know, stuff has happened, it's almost done though, and even if none of us are likely to be traveling there anytime soon, we can at least press our disgusting faces up against the glass and admire it from a distance. The park, now due to open next spring, is looking like a dream come true. The above video taken by the Mainichi last month shows that things are pretty much finished, at least externally. So yeah, it's just a video where somebody used like a a drone or something to uh, film the the park from above and it goes around it and you can actually see it in quite a bit of detail um and i just wanted to uh give it a shout out and have people look at it because it looks pretty cool it's also kind of a nightmare in terms of uh social distancing now that we're worried with covid and everything because it looks very crowded Mm -hmm. there is just a lot of props yeah in a small space it looks very cramped yeah um, which I wonder if it's going to be the same w- exact way on uh, Universal here in America, but it's it's cool to look at anyway. And uh, my only, I, I keep saying this, but my only criticism of this, uh, what they're doing with this with this area of the park is that it's it's really Super Mario World as opposed to a uh, Super Nintendo World. And as much as I love Mario, and Mario is the icon, it it is what Nintendo is uh, mostly about. I feel like Nintendo is so much more that I. I wish we could see other franchises represented as well. 
Hmm. Yeah, I know. Um, I think they're gonna like build upon it, but basically, they this is just a small little corner of Universal Japan. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh, hopefully, there's more real estate given to like Universal in Florida. So, yeah. Um, All right. Oh yeah, one so, last uh, thing before we go, move on. I we didn't I didn't throw this in the dock, but just check it out. There's an honest trailer for Watch Dogs Legion. I don't want to do you know, <laughs> two uh, honest trailers back to back on two weeks, but I just got to throw that out there because just because. Um, All right, so definitely go check that out. And uh, Louis, I'll let you do or uh, new releases. What are you buying? All right, new releases. Um, so first off, we have GTA Online's next heist adds a new island to the world and can be played solo. Let's see, there's a trailer, it says Cayo Perico Heist, task players with infiltrating one of the most secure private islands of the entire world. So, yeah. Yeah, it's nothing, uh, I mean, I, I didn't want you to uh, read anything specifically, but it seems like it's a big, uh, a big new update to the game. Um, they have not, add, like, the game has gotten a lot of updates, but this is the first time where they're adding a whole new big geographic location mm. to to the world of the game so GTA on, on, it's uh, pretty cool gt online gta online the gift that, that keeps on giving but you got to pay all right um <laughs> so the actual new releases uh, it's actually pretty light but it's actually kind of um how do you put it um there's a lot of uh, substance here so we have first off we have chronos before the ashes which is a ps4 xbox one switch stadia and pc game coming out on december 1st also on the first we got empire of sin ps4 xbox one switch pc and mac and Twin Mirror, PS4, Xbox One, PC, and last, or for the first blurb here, Worms Rumble. As we mentioned before about the PS Plus games, uh, it's coming to PS5, PS4, and PC all on December 1st. Worms Rumble is worms like you've never played it before, with intense real-time arena-based 32-player cross-platform combat. Get ready to rumble in deathmatch or last worm standing modes where you're the, you're only, where you're only ever a holy hand grenade away from death. Use a variety of fan-favorite weapons like bazooka and shotgun, plus all new additions to the armory to bring to bring the pain to your ne- inevitable in your, oh, sorry, sorry, to bring the pain to your invertebrate and in opponents as you climb the ranks. Customize your worm, take part in challenges and seasonal events, and experiment with new ways to play in the lab. This is worms reinvented. Anything to say about Worms Rumble? Anything you know about it? Because it feels like uh, they're basically Fortniteing Worms uh, battlegrounds. I don't really, yeah, I don't really know anything about it. I just know that Worms can be pretty fun, and I used to play it back on the day on the PC. I don't even remember which Worms I used to play, but there was there used to be a bunch of them. Mm. And for if I'm getting this for free, I know that they're giving it away for free as the PS5 game. But I wonder, since the game is a PS4 game too, I wonder if it's uh, there's going to be a cross buy situation there so if i if i get it if i'm able to play it on the ps4 i'll definitely check it out well i did redeem bug snacks on the ps5 uh on the ps5 website or the playstation website and it does not cross buy uh for bug snacks for the ps4 version so yeah but i think i could be wrong but isn't bug snacks a ps5 exclusive no it's a ps4 and ps5 game i believe oh okay if I'm, okay i could be wrong but now i'm you're i'm questioning it but i could have sworn <laughs> it was both but you know whatever um We'll, uh, we'll have the listeners fact check me on this one. Yeah, readyplaynetwork.com. Uh, so next up, we have Immortals Phoenix Rising, which is obviously going to be, be the pick of the week. It's releasing on probably the most platforms this week. Uh, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, Stadia, and PC. That's eight by my count right there. Uh, so I love it. Uh, you, are the, you are the God's last hope. The fate of the world is at stake. 
play as Phoenix, a new wing- winged demigod, on a quest to save the Greek gods and their home from a dark curse, take on mythological beasts, master the legendary powers of the gods, and defeat Typhon, the deadliest titan in Greek mythology, in an epic fight for the ages. Wield the power of the gods, use them to confront mythological enemies, and overcome heroic trials. Face off against legendary beasts like Cyclops, Medusa, or Minotaur in fast-paced aerial and melee combat, combining your god-given abilities and weapons. The gods of Olympus have blessed you with gifts, the wings of da- uh, Daedalus, Daedalus, the swords of Achilles, the bow of Odysseus, and legendary powers that will help turn the tide of battle. Explore a stylized open world. Discover a beautifully rendered vibrant fantasy world. Traverse, climb, or explore by air across seven unique regions, each inspired by the gods. Probably my best read. Yeah, this this whole <laughs> podcast. Uh, yeah, no, that that was good. Yeah, this game is pretty interesting. So it's the one where it looks like Breath of the Wild, and it's a Ubisoft game. They, Ubisoft is releasing stuff back to back now, which I think is so interesting. Um, I wonder if it's actually working out with them, mm. working out for them, or if these games are potentially cannibalizing each other a little bit. But is there? Uh, um, do you think that there's uh, any hype left in the hype machine for this game? Because it kind of feels like it's getting buried. I feel like it's gonna come back mostly because you know it's a it's it's a game that's coming out on December third, and I don't think there's anything else of substance that's coming out for the rest of December that I can remember. Um, and I think that people are gonna you know it's it's gonna be available on next gen systems either. I'm not sure if it's a, an actual optimized version or if it's just through backwards compatibility. Actually, mm. uh, even though they list there as a separate SKUs. But I think people are going to want something new. A lot of the people that bought, you know, new systems are going to want something new to play in their systems in December. And obviously, Cyberpunk 2077 is coming out, so that's going to suck out some of the oxygen. But I feel like a lot of people from the media are going to be checking out this game and playing this game uh, during the month. And I think that that will determine... Basically, at the end of the day, it comes down to whether the game is good or not, right? Like, if it's good and it reviews well, I think that the hype is going to build back up. Uh, But otherwise, then it's just going to... And it's just gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll we'll have to watch and uh, and see what happens there. Okay, let's uh, let's wrap up with the next segment. So sharing the love is the segment that we do some weeks. We would like to do it every week, but we don't I always have time to do it. Uh, where we get to uh, talk about a game that uh, means a lot to us and usually tell stories about how that game has affected our lives or or how why we feel emotional about them or just a strong attachment about games from our past. Uh, so today, Lewis is going to tell us about a game, and I don't even know what it is. Yeah, so, okay, here's the thing. Whenever we do Sharing the Loves, we always kind of go back to, like, our childhood, and we talk about, like, you know, the games that, you know, really defined us or, you know, that kind of stuff. And this is going to be, like, the first for Sharing the Love, because I think this might be the most modern game covered on Sharing the Love, I want to say. Okay. Okay, let's see it. this is a game exclusive to the Wii U platform. Okay. Uh, It's called Game & Wario. Oh, really? Yes. Interesting. Yes. Okay. So, Game & Wario is... um, a uh it's a game it's like one of those uh like mini collection games it's kind of like you know mm-hmm. nintendo's uh how do i put it nintendo's uh you know back uh backhanded like you know like leftover scraps that they kind of put together in a compilation <laughs> uh and then just kind of gave it some like a like a like a wario themed esque things and stuff but basically uh the biggest thing that for me and the thing that the, the game the thing that makes this game stand out is uh pictionary 
the game uh, has uh, Pictionary built into it because of the Wii U gamepad. You can use it as like, you know, a drawing pad, you know, because, you know, Pictionary was even on the Wii, but it was a, a separate accessory that you had to buy separately and all that stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, so, but anyways, uh, because the Wii U gamepad just naturally function, functions as that, as that pad, you just basically draw on it. And I think it was really perfect because they, they utilize the Wii U gamepad from the, from the jump. You take a selfie using the Wii U gamepad to, like, you know, make your your uh, your team basically your you know your five player uh, setup. I don't know. Have you actually played uh, Game and Wario or no? So I actually wanted to to say something about it, which is that I never actually played it. I remember that I was I was keeping an eye out for it, but it didn't review super well. So I was like, oh, I'll skip on this one. And I do want to buy it. It's on my list. Like I have this list of games that I want to buy for collection purposes. And there's only a handful of uh, first party, like you know, I, I would say like liked first party Wii U games that I that I don't already own, and that's one of them that I definitely wanted to wanted to get. But the, the one thing I remember about Game and Wario is that. It was one of the first games that they showed for the Wii U, and I remember that Reggie Fizame went on Jimmy Fallon to um, kind of plug the the Wii U, and he was doing like kind of like a marketing run and going around talking about the Wii U before it came out, and that they only showed two games on Jimmy Fallon, and I believe it was one of them must have been Nintendo Land, but I definitely know that the other one was Game and Wario, and they had Jimmy Fallon play. Like a, a part, like one of the mini games from Game and Wario with uh, with Reggie. Yeah. So it's true. They definitely, you know, they they definitely believed in in that game to an extent that they actually expected that. I think they expected Game and Wario to be the hotness. One of the yeah. like, yeah, exactly, to be one of those hot Wii U titles that would help uh, push casual gamers through to the console like they had like with, a uh, Wii Sports esque situation. And I, you know, here's yeah, the exactly. Thing. Uh, the reason why I wanted to share the love on this one is uh, I have like a whole story. I have stories about this. Um, even even <laughs> that, that happened like up to last year and stuff uh, before Rona. Um, so th- just starting off, the first first memories I have with the game is just pre-ordering it. I actually bought it at GameStop. Um, and this is when I was you know buying games at GameStop. And uh, because I pre-ordered it, apparently at my local GameStop, that was the only copy that was sent to uh, that GameStop. And they didn't have any other copies. So I was the only one that got it. And, oh, and wow. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I was there on day one to pick it up. And they were like, yeah, man, this is the only one we have. You got, you have it. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I guess it's a good thing I pre-ordered it then. Um, but yeah, so, uh, and then like it, the, the game came out and it retailed for $40 right off the jump, by the way, just in case you didn't know that. Really? Yeah. I know. I didn't remember that. Um, and so I think the game got re-released for like one of those Nintendo selects and I think it was like for 20 bucks. So, uh, but anyways, so I got one of those first print cool and I'm, I'm, I thought it was the hotness and, and then what's really crazy is like, you know, the games overall, like I think. Pictionary is like the thing that like pulls the weight for everything. I, I played the mini games. I played like I think I like the like nine volt game where you're like you know trying to hide from mom and stuff. You know I think that was a really uh-huh. cool one. Uh, but ultimately I didn't really think the single player uh, campaign or games were even all that good. But the thing that uh, the, the game and Wario is between game and Wario and Nintendo Land, those two games alone are the whole, only reason why my Wii U is still plugged into my TV even to this day. Um, but the thing is because of Rona. Um, I don't have anyone coming over anymore, so I have not actually turned on my Wii U in a long time. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of like a double-edged sword. But otherwise, I'm pretty sure I would have still been playing that game. Um, my one of my family members, my cousin, he asked me to borrow the Wii U even just this year because he was going on vacation. And he wanted to play uh, uh, Pictionary with his family. You know, when they when when they rented a, a cabin out in the middle of nowhere, kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, I think it's really cool. It's 
It's kind of funny, by the way. I always think it's interesting how um, you you have people over that are maybe not gamers or don't really know how to, like, I don't know, like, buy consoles themselves and buy games themselves. They just kind of play when they're at your house, right? And then the, it's funny to see, like, the games that they, the they gravitate, associations yeah. that they create yeah. and, the, and the things that they gravitate towards. Like, I have had people over, um, well, I, I'm not one to really do what you do. Uh, I, de I definitely want to start, like, you keep talking, telling stories like that. It's, made, it's been making me think, like, oh, when this whole corona thing is over, I definitely want to start doing that more often, right? And playing <laughs> games with my friends coming over. I was always more of the online person, like, I'll, uh, I, which I haven't done in forever either. But back in the day, I was way more of the online person. Um, but I will say that there's this game on the PS4. It's called That's You, uh, which is kind of like a Jackbox Party Pack style game. It's like with people have uh, have their mobile phones on and then they download an app and then we all play together. We're just like making fun of each other or whatever. And I've had some people around in the past and, and played that game with them and people that don't necessarily really play a lot of games. And then um, whenever the subject of like potentially playing a game together again comes up, they're always like, Oh, we should play that game. <laughs> we should play that PS. And it's funny because I'm like, there's so many better games out there, but it's just it's just the game that they remember that they had fun with. Yeah. So um, these were some uh, relatives, some family members actually. So it's just kind of funny that uh, how thing how things work that way. How like there's so many games out there, right? But your friend wanted to get the Wii U uh, borrowed <laughs> just so, so that he could play Game of Mario. Mario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it's funny, right? That is actually true. That is actually kind of funny. Um, so, yeah. um, but another thing that happened, uh, just going with that is like just the just general flow is it's supposed to be for five players. Um, mm -hmm. and I may, we've made house rules where we can do 10 players, you know, you know, each slot is two people or 15 players. I think that, that's the most I've ever done was 15 players, uh, oh, wow. where it's like every, everyone, it's a team of three. And then we had to do like, where it's like three rounds and everyone has to draw once, at least once. Um, the way points mm -hmm. are allocated is for every uh, for every drawing you do that is correctly guessed, you get a point. And for every uh, guess you uh, you do correctly, that's also a point. And so between those two categories, you you just add up the points, and then that's how you win. And it gets really loud. Everyone's shouting. Everyone's trying to shout over each other. And uh, that's one of the part of the reason why <laughs> I like having teams of two is because one person can focus on drawing, and the other person can focus in on listening to see who who says something first. Um, mm, because it's harder, it's harder with five people with just five people, because not only are you drawing, but you're also trying to listen for the word. Um, and so we've had mm. issues where like somebody says that I said that a sec, like five, two, five <laughs> minutes ago, kind of, you know, whatever, you know, uh, we've had, we've had to make up house rules where, um, you have to rock, paper, scissors. If, if, uh, two people say the same thing at the same time, or that's the correct answer at the same time we've had, uh, I've had to instill a house rule where you're not allowed to use any of the filters when you take the picture. Uh, because there's a bunch of like Instagram filters when you take your selfie and some, some of the Instagram filters are so hard. They actually like disguise your face to the point where you can't even tell it's actually you, you who took the picture or whatever. So we want to, <laughs> uh, you know, when you, uh, when you award the points to who, who said something correctly, you want to make sure that the face is clearly seen. It's like, Oh, that person said it, you know, uh, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. So, um, uh, Makes yeah, sense. so I've done. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of situations. I've actually taken pictures, and I'm looking at looking at my phone right now. Um, I've taken pictures of of drawings that we did, and one of them was Medusa, and like you know, it just kind of, it's just kind of like a like a little head with like strings coming out of it, you know, like kind of like the mm -hmm. snakes. And then I did like the Leaning Tower of Pisa, which is one that I drew, and it's like you know, I just drew like little grass, and then like a. Uh, um, a little like a yeah stick. stick like just leaning over and then they were like leaning tower of pizza and like like and we were just for some odd reason that one made like the whole room laugh because it was just so funny i don't know why but mm -hmm. there's just so many drawings and i can't think of any off the top of my head but there were drawings where like 
every, every, a lot of people in the room are like, are just like WTF because how the hell did you get that out of that? You know, that kind of stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that game is always like managed to like be like, like the life of the party, especially because everyone gets so loud and it just, everyone gets so hype. Um, so yeah, I think it's one of those situations where like I'm, you know, when it comes to losing at that game, I don't, I don't, I don't recall losing, but I'm pretty sure if I did, I was more, I was more of a sport, you know, than I normally am. So, cause it's such a casual <laughs> game. It's like, whatever. That's good. Yeah. That's I'm, good. I'm not that great at drawing, by the way. I'm very good at guessing. So that was where my, that's what like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of carried me. Uh, but yeah, I, and also just as a separate side note, um, I play the game so much that it was, it's, it's a miracle that I've, uh, I can only count on one hand how many times the word bank has repeated on me. So I think it's really cool that oh, wow. I that the game's word bank is so large to the point where, you know, playing it so much and so many hours and I didn't I essentially managed to not repeat. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So shout out to that game. Um I I feel like I want I don't know if I'm forgetting anything about it, but whatever. If there is, I'll probably make an addendum later on, but um it's a really good game and I think it's uh it's worth uh owning and the Switch can't really replicate it. You know, that's why N- Nintendo Land and and Game and Wario are are like gems, are just absolute gems. Um Oh yeah, so right. oh, yeah, one last thing. Just rem- I remembered that. I I did play this with my parents by the way. Surprisingly, I found out my dad is actually pretty good at drawing. So yeah. <laughs> that's cool. That's yeah. cool. All right, dude. Let's uh let's take this. All home. right, let's go. It is time to end. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Ready Press Play. Remember you can reach the podcast at readyplaynetwork.com or simply at Ready Press Play on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at the Dan Lima and Lewis. At Chocolaka88. That's right. Don't forget to subscribe, give us a review, tell your friends about the show, and all that good stuff. See you next time. Peace.